As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And today is a very special day. For those that go back with me a long time, or at least have heard me talk about cinematic blind spots, we are reuniting for the first time in a long time. Please welcome Adam to the show. Together again. It's so great to be together again. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and for those that may not remember yes adam is a voice actor so of course that was not kermit the frog that was adam no it wasn't jim henson i'm sure he's been dead for quite a while (laughs) i i channeled the ghost of jim henson just for this episode oh i love it i love it so adam (laughs) i'm sure a lot of people are curious what you've been up to a couple months back our dear friend brad over on the watchers podcast said that maybe you went off to the army to become a sniper so (laughs) (laughs) no um i god i wish i could have done something that cool that would have been fun but uh no just been uh kind of biding my time and surviving this pandemic which god uh, i hope we're on the on the outside or you know on the on the way out uh haven't gotten my vaccine yet but working on that i just want to travel again that's it i just want i just want to travel again um but uh, yeah i've been been um i took some time off to, to you know do some schooling and stuff and unfortunately that has not worked out the way i'd hoped it would but um, i'm ready to get back into voice acting and pursuing that um, i'm on tiktok now we, I guess we can talk about that at the end of the show and every, you know, I'll tell everybody where they can find me, but yeah, just, um, not a whole lot new, unfortunately. Like right. I just saw my first, I think the first, well, not the first new movie, but I, cause I watched, what was that one on, on HBO with Denzel, uh, the little things. Oh yeah. I yeah. watched that cause it was one of those free straight to HBO max movies. It wasn't very good, but no, I just watched, um, Godzilla versus Kong tonight and i loved it it hit every single note i was expecting it to no surprises whatsoever and that's that's what i was expecting so all right sounds pretty good so obviously for those listening this would be out later so him watching kong versus godzilla he's not late to the party he's right on time we're just we're early to the party (laughs) well a little bit late it came out like three days ago i think I'd be all right. <laughs> and we are kicking off what's sure to be a fun month here on the show is I will be doing a whole Crow franchise retrospective, starting with the original from 1994, Alex Proyas, The Crow. People once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. You're all going to die. Is that gasoline I smell? Victims, aren't we all? 
So, Adam, when did you first see this? Well, I remember seeing the the uh, the poster for it, and I remembered seeing it like on the uh, on the shelf at the video store when it first came out. But I never actually saw it until I was I was probably like eighteen or so. I think I was a senior in high school when I finally saw it, and it's just kind of by accident. You know, I was you know at my grandma's house one weekend. Um, she had cable, I did not, and it, I was like I couldn't sleep, so I'm just up late channel surfing, and I find the crow on TV and it's, and it was like on repeat. So like it would show and then it would start again. I, I forget what it was showing on, but I just watched, I probably watched it at least two times all together just in that one night. I was like, this is unreal. How have I never seen this movie before? Yeah. I think that's how I got to see a lot of movies that I probably shouldn't have too early. Cause at my dad's house, he had cable. So he had HBO and Cinemax and at my mm. mom's, she didn't. And I never saw anything. But I probably saw The Crow probably around the age of 10. It came out when I was nine. So, yeah, I probably saw it. I definitely didn't see it in theaters. And then probably that year, later that year at Halloween is when I went as The Crow for Halloween because I dressed up as him. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think I dressed up as The Crow for Halloween of like 2003, maybe 2004. Can't remember. I know I was working at Walmart at the time. So in the Walmart electronics department, there was this goth guy wearing a trench coat with white makeup and all that and it, it was halloween that was like <laughs> the one fun memory i have of working at walmart well that's good i'm sure some people were just walking around going oh the people you see at walmart <laughs> and i was probably one of the more normal looking ones too yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> so adam for anyone who hasn't seen this why don't you tell everyone just a little bit what it's about The Crow is one of the most amazing stories of revenge and getting even that I think I have ever seen. One of the best, like up there with the Count of Monte Cristo and all that. It's a story of a man who is brutally murdered alongside his fiance the day before their wedding. They were going to get married on Halloween. And one year later, that man is brought back to life. That man's name is Eric Draven played by the late, great Brandon Lee, and brought back to life by this mysterious crow because, you know, his his soul was so troubled that it could not be taken to the land of the dead. It could not rest. So he, the, the crow brought him back to life to set right what was wrong. And you get a bloody good time of that. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. So for people who haven't seen it, we don't go into all the spoilery detail, but... right. Buckley, this, like I said, this is kind of an easy one to talk around because Mm -hmm. the Crow sequels don't really have anything to do with the originals, different stories. There's like one small segment that carries from this one to the second one, and then the third and fourth one are definitely their own story. So, yeah, just briefly talk about your feelings on the sequel. Oh, God. (laughs) Just City of Angels? Just City of Angels? Or Or anything you can remember about the other ones? I recently rewatched City of City of Angels and it's still god awful. It's I'm sorry. I I mean I I know that it, you know it's a it, terrible movies everybody has a terrible movie that they love and I saw a video recently where a guy was talking about the terrible movie he will defend to the death is The Crow City of Angels. So I can respect that. But like in the original Crow Brandon Lee brought so much life and versatility and like range to the character of Eric Draven. Like he was sarcastic and sometimes goofy, like almost like when, when he was fucking with these bit with these gangbangers who killed him and his girlfriend, it's like he was playing with his food. 
He yeah. knew he's like, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to enjoy it. You know, like what, one of my favorite parts was I, uh, the scene later on in the movie where he just shows up in this guy's car and the guy's like, what the fuck are you supposed to be? And he goes, puts a gun to the guy's head and's like, I'm your passenger drive <laughs> <laughs> shit like that. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the guys was really good with knives, but Eric was just knocking him out of the air. Like, and, and he was taunting the guys like, try harder, try again. You know, yeah, I love that. I always love, love that. that. I, you know, he's just fucking with these guys, you know, he, and, but then, you know, he's also has moments where he is really somber, where he is seriously pissed off, where he is like, I'm not even playing. I'm going to kill you. If you, if you don't, you know, if you don't leave us alone, leave this person alone. So yeah, there was a lot of range to the character of Eric Draven because of Brandon Lee's performance. Vincent Perez's performance in the second movie was not, was nowhere near as varied, was nowhere near as dynamic as Brandon Lee's was. He, and, and like, it, he, he went so hard into like, oh, I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to kill them all. That when he tried to come across, he, he tried to play with his food like Eric Draven did. It just came across as really cheesy. Like, and then they went over the top with the bad guy. You know, this, this guy in the, in the sequel, the bad guy who was supposed to be some kind of like spiritual guru slash drug dealer. Like really? <laughs> Whereas in the where top dollar in the first movie was just a fucking gangster. He was a gangster. He wants to burn the city down. He wants to make money. That's it. And Michael Wincott played that part so well. Oh, absolutely. I think <clears throat> Michael Wincott plays a good bad guy. I, I first saw him in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He was uh, the sheriff oh. of Nottingham's cousin. And that, you know, okay. Rick, yeah, he was great. I never, I never well. saw that one all the way through. Oh, okay. if, if I did, I don't remember it. And do you I, remember just always, I just, I just always remember the part where he's like, where Alan Rickman's like, and cancel Christmas. You know? <laughs> do you remember anything about Salvation? Or has it been a while? I know you've uh, seen it. I've, I, I've seen Salvation. I remember it being it, it, it's it, that salvation's unique in that it's the one time the movie starts before the crow character is killed i forget the guy's name but he was uh he was on death row for allegedly killing his girlfriend or something wrongfully accused but they execute him anyways so that's like the only time you actually really get to see the transformation of him becoming the crow you know going from being a person to to being the crow afterwards um, salvation was less terrible. I mean, there was one line that I always remembered because it was really great. You've watched it recently, right? Yes. Okay. Well, like the part where, you know, I, I forget what he was like messing with one of the bad guys and the bad guys like, yeah, are you happy? And he puts a gun in the guy's mouth and says, I'm working on it and pulls the trigger. Like that was, that was a crow worthy line. <laughs> I will say that very much. Although it did kind of commit the sin of ripping off stock footage from the first movie. Did you see, did you notice that there was a, there was a shot where the camera was racing down this, this alleyway. And then right before it cuts to the next scene, you see T-Bird's car go by from the first movie. I was like, what the fuck? Really? But yeah. Um, yeah. Crow, they, uh... Crow salvation was not as bad as the second one, but still not great. I could not even make it through the opening credits on Wicked Prayer. And it was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. I was not paying anything extra to watch this movie. I was just like, this is terrible. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, if you had, you would actually realize that it's not the salvation is not the only one where you see him alive because it's 10 minutes before you even meet the person who's going to end up being the crow. And 
25 minutes before they actually die and start to become the Jerk Crow. So it's completely different type of storytelling. Well, maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. I think they're on HBO Max. I, yeah, I think that. Well, I think that one is. I don't think. And wasn't there is. wasn't there some kind of a director's cut of the second one? Yeah, there's as it's called on YouTube. It's a fan edit. I still haven't gone through and watched it because I watched some of it and it's it's hard to watch because it's fan edit and they don't really have the good the proper film. Right. I would actually like to see Tim Pope, the director, be able to get his cut together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ever going to get that. I don't know if people are clamoring for that. So probably not, unfortunately. <laughs> but no, the guy, the, the video that I saw, it was um, is that artist guy on TikTok that I've sent you so many of his videos, the one who does like okay. Michael Myers and, that, and SpongeBob. Yeah. Um, but um, he said that that they like had to completely redo the ending of the movie because the studio wanted something different. They had a different ending originally planned, which, which I would like to see that. So maybe I'll have to see if I can sit through the fan edit. Yeah, it is. It does. I mean, it's, I don't know what all is different, but it's 25 minutes longer or something like that. 20 something minutes longer. So it definitely adds something. Well, that's Whether it's good. good or not, I have to sit through it. But well, I, I hate it when, when something says extended edition and I have to sit there and go, what was extended? I, I have to actually have to Google what was extended about this. Yeah, exactly. So what would you have done if you got to see your own sequel? If I got to see my own sequel, would. <sighs> That, that's a that's a tough question because because we lost Eric Draven during the filming of this one tragically that's one of the most tragic stories I think I've ever heard that's like you know it's but it's, it's kind of like him and like Heath Ledger like they kind of went out at the top of their game right. I would rather if I was an actor and I was at the top of my game part of me would rather go out at the top of my game or quit acting altogether than to see my career kind of fizzle out a la Sean Connery, unfortunately. <laughs> May he rest in peace. I would kind of like to see a crow character that wasn't necessarily a good person before he died. Like okay. maybe maybe someone who was a gangster, maybe someone who was already a criminal, but maybe was like trying to get out or like, like you know, the, the classic story of someone who's deep in the, in the, the mob but wants to get out and then them and their whole family get killed or something as a result of that. And then he gets to come back and kind of wage war on whoever, whoever did him wrong. I, and, and I would have liked to have seen more of... That, that's one thing I would do differently in a sequel is show more of the characters as they were as humans, not just through the literal rose-colored lens of nostalgia because like in the first one the only time we saw eric and his fiance shelly together the only time we saw them together was in these flashbacks that were just them being oh i love you so much you yeah. know just being yeah. romantic i mean and i i wanted to see more of them as people like they, they could expound on why they were killed like they mentioned briefly in the movie they were fighting tenant eviction in this really shitty neighborhood that's it that's all the story we got on it. And they got killed for it. So, yeah, from Top Dollar. I mean, that yeah, thing, from top, top, top Dollar. He owns the city. So, yeah, he's definitely behind Pretty much. He's, 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 he's the boss. So, yeah, in, in a sequel, I would like to see more of what, those, what the characters are like as humans. And like I said, maybe seeing a not-so-wholesome character become the Crow. Maybe, maybe kind of through his experience as the Crow, realize the error of his ways, realize what he did wrong, you know, so we can kind of let's put some morals and stuff in there. But I think that would make for an interesting sequel. Well, Adam, I'm going to blow your mind here, but 
you have to watch Wicked Prayer. It kind of gives you this story a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? I'm telling you, Edward Furlong's character is kind of leaving this bad group of people. He's wanting to be with the, I can't remember, it's like the mayor of the town's daughter. And that's why they end up dying together. And that's why he comes back. I mean, it. it I'm not saying it's going to play out like you want, but I'm telling you, you kind of have that story in Wicked Prayer. So it's kind of surprising me you're, you're coming up with this because that's kind of Wicked Prayer. Okay. Well, shit, I guess I have to watch Wicked Prayer now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you're going to have to get on that one. So, Okay. All right, okay. so now if we could just remake the original Crow, mm-hmm. who are we putting in? See, now there's a lot of characters in the Crow. And so I'm only going to focus on like the main four characters. And that is the character of Eric Draven the character of Top Dollar, the character of Officer Albrecht, and the character of Tintin. Tintin? No, no, I'm sorry, not Tintin. Uh, T-Bird? Okay. (laughs) Well, see, okay, now I read the the comic. I finally read the graphic novel. And the hierarchy of the gang is a lot different. Okay. Um, Like T-Bird is like the leader of the gang. And, you know, Top Dollar's there, but he's not the the power figure that... that, um, that he was in the movie so hmm. that's yeah that's a little bit of a difference there if you haven't if, if anybody's listening to this who has not seen the crow or read the graphic novel the graphic novel is amazing has a really kind of a i was shocked to read that it was kind of based on a true happening i mean in, in a sense that um jay obar the 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 author and the artist unfortunately tragically lost someone excuse me to a drunk driver and he was just left with, you know, guilt and, you know, feeling of helplessness of like, what could I have done to, to prevent that? And like the, the crow kind of became his, his means of dealing with his demons kind of. Right. So. And from what I've heard that, you know, some people write it out to get over it and it didn't help him do that. It actually made him angrier. I read. Yeah. Like as he wrote so. it, he didn't work through his problems. It got yeah. worse. But it is a fantastic graphic novel. Everyone should read it. Everyone who loves graphic novels should read it. Now, as far as remakes, as far as recasting the character of Eric Draven, now you have to be very, very careful with this because like me personally, when they were talking about about remaking The Crow with Jason Momoa, I was like, no, don't do it. I mean, nothing against Jason Momoa. I just don't know enough about his acting. I've only seen him in season one of game of thrones and um aquaman that or as aquaman that's the only thing i've ever seen him so i i understand he he is a big fan of the original and that's why he stepped away from the um away away from the remake that was supposed to happen was because he did not feel like it was that that is my understanding of what he said he did not feel like it was going to be true or a good enough representation a good enough version of the crow so he stepped away from it so i can respect that I still don't know how he would have done as Eric Draven, but me personally, now I know the character of Eric is supposed to be in his mid to late twenties, but the guy that I kind of think would be a good version of him is in his, is like, he's like 50, I believe. And that is Jared Leto. Jared Leto looks pretty young. 
and we know apart from suicide squad joker which i have not watched the the, the snyder cut yet maybe by the time this episode comes out i finally will have but i understand <laughs> he has a lot more in the snyder cut as the joker than he did in the suicide in suicide squad so here's hoping but he's he's just a fantastic actor and i feel like he could play you know tormented enough but also kind of funny enough to be um to be eric draven in this case you know his performances in movies like dallas buyers club and um requiem for a dream he's he's got dramatic chops definitely so i'm gonna say eric draven for that or for i'm sorry i'm gonna say <laughs> sorry it's like four in the morning i'm tired um i'm gonna say jared leto for eric draven now, for Officer Albrecht, originally played by Ernie Hudson of the Ghostbusters that everybody knows and loves, I think Idris Elba, I mean, I know Idris Elba can play an amazing cop. Anyone who's seen Luther, oh my God, he is a badass and he could play a great cop. And that's another thing I would like to see in a sequel or in a, in a remake is see more of Officer Albrecht's character. Because like, again, we only know that he got busted back down from being a detective to being a beat cop because he was quote poking his nose where he did, where it wasn't wanted. What does that mean? Was that in 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 relation to Eric's case in the case of his the, the their their killing? What what happened there? I want to know more about his life as a cop. You know because you know he talks about his, his getting a divorce from his wife. What happened there? I just want to I just want things that can make these side characters feel a bit more a bit more real because like the problems with characters like Shelly, I, I did not put anyone to recast as Shelly because Shelly was just a pretty face. That's all she was. Someone that someone to be someone to be Eric's fiance. And the same with Sarah, like the little, the little girl character in the movie. Could have replaced her with just about anybody. If, if Chloe Grace Moretz was younger again, I would say she'd be great. I'd say she, Millie Bobby Brown's about that right age. Maybe huh? A little older. Yeah, maybe a little bit older. But yeah, I mean, something like that, possibly. Um, but yeah, I think Idris Elba would make an amazing Officer Albrecht. And I've, you know, if you've seen The Wire, you know he can do a legit American accent. So perfect there. <laughs> um, Top Dollar. If it's stuck with the original storyline with Top Dollar being the, the head bad guy and not just one of the bad guys, I think Ben Foster, who is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated actors working today, He's good. God almighty, he's good. Like, I have seen so many movies where he just, I, where I'm sitting there going, I know that guy from somewhere. Who is that? And I look at him, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, it's Ben Foster, duh. You know, it, <laughs> The Punisher, Hostage, yep. uh, 310 to Yuma, uh, Hell or High Water. Just, he's so great in so many different roles. I think he could make a great gangster. I would love to see him as a, as a mob boss kind of a character. And finally, T-Bird the leader quote unquote of all the hoods that killed that killed um, Eric and, and Shelly. I'm going to go with Bill Skarsgård because we know he can play scary. Yeah. And yeah. he again could make a real fun, terrifying gangster. Like not just someone who's like, yeah, I got a gun. I'm going to shoot you, but you know, come up with something to make him like way kind of more over the top, you know, what a nice boat. Do you want it back? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's well, pretty good. The, the, those those would be my choices for you know the like I said the four main characters. Now um, I will say this: you know me, I am a cat person. I love cats. <laughs> I've got two of them. Eric Draven was also a cat person in the book. 
and in the movie. In my remake, see, in the book, the, the, the place, the, the location of the final showdown is totally different than it was in the movie. The, the final showdown happened between a club and a church. The final showdown in the book just happens in the middle of the street. He's just killing these guys all over the place, left and right, in the middle of the street, being watched by a chorus of cats. Uh-huh. Like down every single alley, every single street, all you see is cat eyes watching everything that's happening. Like, I just want to see that put to celluloid. That's it. <laughs> I guess nowadays it'd be, it'd be put to digits, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds good. So, all right, Adam, I know something you wanted to talk about. Favorite quotes. Yes, favorite quotes. This movie has so many good quotes. So like, before you get mm-hmm. started on your quotes, let me ask mm-hmm. you this. Mm-hmm. What do you think is known as the most popular quote from this movie? Just because I saw it on a t-shirt once, I'm going to say, looks like it's not a good day to be a bad guy, huh, skank? Oh, okay. See, I would... And, and, I, and just to clarify, he was not talking to a woman he was calling skank. He was talking to a punk gangster whose name was skank. Yes. Just to, yeah, just to, just to clarify. Yes. Yeah, that's probably good in this day and age. Okay. So, because for me, I always wonder if it's... It can't rain all the time. Obviously, the name of the song and that's everything that's else. another good one. Mm-hmm. And then one I remember seeing a lot growing up was the victims, aren't we all? That's another good one. I would have thought. I would have thought really probably the most popular would have been um, "True Love Never Dies." Oh, okay. Because that's you know that's I've seen that on tattoos. I've seen that on T-shirts. If I ever got a crow tattoo, I'm I'd, I'd be hard pressed to not put that on there. All right. Now go through what your favorite are. Now, my favorite. personal favorite quote comes from my favorite scene of the movie in which Eric Draven is shaking down a shady pawn shop owner trying to find out where the rest of T-Bird's gang is. He's also looking for the engagement ring that he gave to Shelly that once they killed her, they pawned off. So he finds, you know, the the guy directs him to this metal box full of engagement rings and he's looking through and he finds the one he's looking for. And then he kind of comes back to the the counter and takes up a ring and throws it at the guy. Keeps flicking rings and he says, each one of these is a life. A life you helped destroy. And the guy's like, I'm begging you, please don't kill me. And he goes, I'm not going to kill you. Your job will be to tell the rest of them that death is coming for them tonight and then he pours the rest of the rings down the barrel of this shotgun and says tell the Merrick draven sends his regards and just walks out just walks out <laughs> like that is my favorite line from that whole movie death is coming for them tonight you have one chance to live look man take it if you want each one of these is a life a life you help destroy I'm not going to kill you. Your job will be to tell the rest of them that death is coming for them tonight. Tell them Eric Draven sends his regards. Is that gasoline I smell? Just can't get over that. Now, what, what is your favorite line? I want to know that. So, okay, so growing up as a kid when I saw this, I don't know why I like this, but my favorite line was always from Tintin when he would just say, Halloween ain't till manana. 
<laughs> okay, equally memorable, not quite yeah. as impactful, but yeah, equally <laughs> right. memorable. Right. Fuck you all, created up for a pack, pa- painted up for a crackhead. Halloween ain't till manana. Yeah. Yeah. That one. And then when T Bird, when he first, when he gets him in the car and he's wrapping him up and he's just like, there ain't no coming back, man. Yeah, this is no the really real back. world. <laughs> and then he starts quoting one of Shelley's, like, I think it was a poem she wrote, Bash the Devil Stood and felt how awful goodness is. <laughs> But nice. now, mm-hmm. after this latest viewing, my favorite quote comes from Officer Albrecht when, the, you know, the detective's like, what's that up there? And you see the crow and it's written in blood up there. He's mm-hmm. like, it looks like blood to me, but I'm sure you'll write it down as graffiti. Graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, Albrecht's got some great lines, too. Like whenever he first meets Eric as the crow and, you know, cr- he does this, the, he does like the whole Batman thing where Albrecht looks away for a second and then turns back and Eric's gone. And he goes, oh, great. You guy shows up like looking like a mime out of hell for, and you lose him out in the open. And he's, he's like, well, at least he didn't do any of that walking against the wind shit. I hate that. <laughs> I could sit here and quote this movie to you all day long, but that's why I'm on this podcast. That's because it is my favorite movie. Well, one of my favorite movies. It, it, exactly. when, when we when we did our top five on cinematic blind spots, I believe The Crow was number three or number five. I can't remember. I think it was, yeah, number, it was number five. five. It, was it was number five. five. Your but top still, three were Spielberg's. You're right. That. You're right. Jaws and <laughs> Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan. Yes, yeah. but still easily in my top five. Still in my top five. That's not going to change anytime soon. Well, they, that's all that matters. As long as it's one of the top favorites, that's what I'm looking for. It's a so, movie that, and like even watching it today with the 1993 cinematography and the 1993 special effects, it is still a visually stunning movie. It I, really is. Like agree. I remember, I remember watching some of the uh, special effects or uh, behind the scenes features and, you know, Brand, they were interviewing Brandon Lee and he was like, yeah, I would totally do this movie in black and white if they wanted it to. Because the movie is mostly really dark whenever it's in the present time. And like I said earlier, the only time you see a lot of color is in the flashbacks of Eric and Shelly. Right. Really good contrast there. And so what I want you to do now, for anyone who's not convinced to watch The Crow, give your final pitch on why they should give this movie a chance. It is the ultimate action, revenge, romance movie, I think, that anyone could possibly make. It's something you can watch with your wife or your girlfriend, your significant other, whoever you might be with. You just tell them, hey, it's a love story with just a lot of guns and, and stabbings and shootings and stuff like that. It is, as I've said before, is, you know, and, and if you look at The Crow as being based on a comic book, it's probably one of the first ever truly successful comic book movies. You think about that. Like this was before Spider-Man, like Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. It was way before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was a, it was not a completely faithful adaptation of the comic, but it was a very good one still. So think about, you know, if we hadn't, if we didn't have the crow, we might not have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who knows? That's, that, that may be a long shot, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. Hey, I like it. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up. Adam, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I am on TikTok. Now I am I have heard stories of uh, people using TikTok as you know, voice actors and getting agents and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to increase my digital footprints, footprint. So you can find me there at AdamantVO, all in word, AdamantVO. And you can also find me on Instagram at Adamant underscore VO. And um, also on YouTube at AdamantVO. All of those together. 
All right. And as always, you can follow the show. We're at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to come back next week as I'll have a good buddy of mine that's been on the show. Well, been on Cinematic Blind Spots at least. One half of the duo known as the Brothers Blevins. Chad will be on to talk about the Crow City of Angels. I can't wait to hear that Crow Wicked Prayer episode. I just, I can't (laughs) wait to hear that. (laughs) I cannot wait to hear somebody defend this movie, but okay. You guys take care. Yep, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time.